0: This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Raffaele Di Furia. Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Italian Citizenship Podcast, presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. Of course, we are back at it again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Today, we actually wanted to get into uh, a, a really really necessary topic in some ways, and that is going through the initial contact with italiancitizenshipassistance.com. Going through the family chart, when you get in contact with ICA, you'll be asked to fill out the details of the information of your family that you have the more that you can help them, the better that they'll be able to help you. But you don't need all of the information necessarily. And that's part of what we're going to get into today, kind of how you fill that out, as well as what you need. So, Marco, I think maybe the, the best place to start with this for the assessment, just to clarify, are there any costs for the initial assessment uh, for the client uh, in this case?
1: no um our initial assessment is completely free of charge and obligation so when you get in contact with ICA we will evaluate your case completely free of charge and obligations so we will ask to fill out this form that we call family chart which we use to basically assess your case and tell you whether we believe you qualify for citizenship or not
0: fantastic to know i mean Uh, And maybe also as an initial step to, to understand what it is that you actually do. We've done an episode on this, but just to quickly do a roundup. When the person gives you all of this information, what do you go and do with it? And how long does this assessment take?
1: It is a very thorough assessment that we do again free of charge. So it does take some time especially if you consider that we, we actually start a very thorough research based on the information that people give us. Uh, we have access to many databases and we can talk about what information we try to confirm, but uh, because it's so thorough, it normally takes anywhere from one week to three. In some complex cases, it could take even four weeks. Again, it depends on the complexity of the research that we have to do to determine if the person qualifies for citizenship.
0: Yeah, I know, um, especially from that episode and then also personal conversations that we've had about how deep you really go into this. I mean, it's amazing how much work you have a full team and a half or two teams that are actually devoted to this process. Um, And so I guess, The next thing that we should get into is about the chart itself. What information do you ask uh, of your potential clients? Uh, So maybe starting out with the uh, individual themselves who's contacting you uh, and then going up the line.
1: Yeah, when somebody contact us, uh, the first thing that we uh, ask
0: the person to do
1: is to fill out this document, which we call family chart which is an editable uh, Word document. And basically, it requires all of the information, uh, starting from yourself, going back to the Italian-born ancestor. Of course, a lot of people tell us, hey, we don't have all of the information that is required by the chart, uh, which would be uh, places of birth, places of marriage, uh, dates of birth, dates of marriage and death, uh, place and date of naturalization of the Italian ancestor. So they tell us, we don't have all of this information. Uh, How can we fill out a chart if we don't have all of this information at our disposal? And um, the answer that we give is, um, you don't have to be precise. You don't have to... uh, Go crazy to track down all of this information. You don't have to uh, reach out to all of your family members to ask them to research uh, the information to put it on the chart. Of course, if you like the more information that you give us, the better it is for us to assess your case and determine if you qualify for citizenship. But you don't have to provide all of the information that is required by the family chart. As long as you provide the information to the best of your knowledge, and even if you leave some fields blank, what we do is we start a research. Again, we have access to very many databases and we have acquired some experience during the years. And we try to fill in the blanks and locate the missing information. So it's it's not unusual for people to not know where or when exactly the great-grandfather or even the great-grandmother um, were born. So it's fine to indicate maybe an area of Italy where they believe they were born or maybe some approximate uh, year range. Um, and then what we do is we start browsing registries, we start doing research, we start um, cross-referencing documents that we find online, and we try to fill in the blanks. And the goal would be for us to gather as much information as we can, um, and to determine, in most cases, when the ancestor was naturalized, because that's a key piece of information to determine if somebody qualifies for Italian citizenship by descent, but we go beyond that. We also try to determine when every person in the Italian line, for example, was married, because it makes a difference if the child of a couple was born within wedlock or uh, out of wedlock. So what we do is basically we try to find as much as we can during this initial research. Of course, uh, it's it's worthwhile to Uh, Keep in mind that this is initial research, so we may not Mm -hmm. be able to fill in all the blanks. And what we do basically is we try to track down a sufficient amount of information that allows us to uh, be able to tell the client that we can move forward with confidence and that all of the information that we track down up to that moment is confirming or seems to be confirming that they qualify for Italian citizenship with the understanding that we will find any missing information later in the process.
0: You were mentioning that you do need a basic level of information. What is the minimum that you guys are able to operate off of to be able to help your potential clients with their claim for Italian citizenship?
1: Well, I would say that there is no Minimum, because it always depends on the specific situation. Meaning that, um, we, for example, we had some clients in the past that didn't know much about uh, their family. So, for example, they had inf- they had basic information about their parents. They have little to no information about their grandparents and zero information about their great grandparents, who were the ones who were born in Italy. But then when we started our initial research, our preliminary research, we were um, able to track down basically almost all of the missing information uh, that d- that even the client didn't have. And all of the information was available mm-hmm. online in, in the many databases that we used. Uh, on the other hand, we had other situations where the client knew uh let's say, the 80% of the information, so a very good level. But then on the databases that we use, it was very difficult to track down the missing 20%. In the end, we were able to um, track down enough information to move forward. But uh, the answer to your question is that it depends on the specific situation. But let's say that the information that we're trying to confirm during the initial assessment is always the uh, date of birth and place of birth of the ancestor who was born in Italy and their place and date of naturalization. So it happens that the people that contact us, they don't have this information. So what we do is we try to confirm this information. And um, it's not even necessary in some cases to know the full names of the great grandparents, for example, when those are the one who were born in Italy. Because if you have the names and approximate dates of birth for your grandparents, it is very likely that we're going to be able to find uh, in the uh, many databases that we use the information for your um, great-grandparents. So there is really no minimum level of information that you have to provide um, because it depends in the end on the specific case.
0: Interesting, so really if the person only kind of has their own birth certificate with the parents filled in, that theoretically may even just be enough for you guys to get started with? That would be a very extreme case, but
1: yes. And we did it in the past, so we know it's possible. Wow,
0: Wow, that's. I have to say that's very impressive that you guys can go off of such basic, basic information. But then also, I think it may be worthwhile to quickly mention what might be the situation for a person who might have multiple family lines that lead all the way back up to Italy? Do they have to fill that out on one family chart? Or is it better that they provide you guys with multiple family charts?
1: That's a very good question. So a lot of people have multiple Italian lines. So they have Italian ancestors on their father's side of the family, for example, and on their mother's side of the family, or even on uh, their they have Italian ancestors on their grandfather's side of the family, but also on their grandmother's side of the family. So the possibilities are really uh, very many. So it is always best for us to receive multiple family charts, one for each side of the family. And then what we do is we try to track down the information for every line that they can use for every side of the family. And then we decide together with the uh, client which line family line is best to use because you can only apply for citizenship through one uh, family line meaning that when you submit your application you will have to decide which family line to use Um, and what we do is we normally try to determine in advance which family line is the more the most straightforward Mm -hmm. maybe because more information is available maybe because all of the names and last names didn't change much. So there are uh, little to no discrepancies. And of course, if then during the process, if we realize that that family line wasn't really the best one, because maybe we come across other information that make us understand that there are problems or regarding that family line, or maybe we can't find a key document, we can always switch to the other family line that we didn't take into consideration at the beginning. So uh, provide us with more family charts, one for each side of the family, that's totally fine. And that allows us to actually decide which line is uh, best to use. And also, uh, it happens sometimes, quite frequently, that um, people who are married, uh, so a couple, they both have Italian ancestry, so uh, they, frequently ask us, is it fine to just fill out, I don't know, my hus- my husband's, uh, the family chart for my husband, and then I will apply for citizenship through him, through marriage. And we always say it's best to fill out two family charts for each of the spouses, because applying for citizenship by descent is easier and quicker than yeah. one of the spouses applying for citizenship by descent alone, and then the other spouse... Applying for citizenship through marriage.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I can totally see why. I mean, especially with the language requirements that we now see in place, and um, that even though there can be some headaches involved, that Maybe those headaches are fewer (laughs) than what you might have to go through otherwise. However, when working with ICA, of course, you guys take all that headache off of the plate for uh, your uh, clients. But I'm assuming when you're saying talking about like the family lines, which one may be more appropriate, would you maybe be talking about in that case, maybe you have um one family line that would be citizenship by descent just a normal yure sanguinis case and then in another case a 1948 case and then maybe you're choosing between those types of lines and is that the type of situation you're talking about Yeah that could be
1: um a potential scenario there are people who have two family lines that both that both allow an application for citizenship by descent so not necessarily a normal application for citizenship by descent versus a 1948 case so there are several potential scenarios of course in in the one that you just mentioned which is a very frequent scenario uh, it's always best and advisable to apply for citizenship by descent normally through the consulate or the comune versus filing a 1948 case and we went Uh, over the differences in other videos, and and we talked extensively about uh, why it's advisable to do a normal application versus a 1948 case. So, yes, that's definitely a potential scenario, and that's something that we do evaluate uh, very carefully as part of our initial assessment when the clients provide us with their family charts.
0: Interesting. And yeah, so for anybody who is listening in or watching in, be sure that you do check out that episode uh, about Yuri Sanguinis versus 1948 case and or 1948 cases, plural, that <laughs> um, really does get into a lot of the nitty gritty information. And I do think um, maybe it might be worthwhile also to talk about how these documents uh, can be provided by the potential client to ICA. How is it that you guys actually receive the documents? Do they have to send it to you by FedEx or is email just good enough by scanning it into your phone and sending it in? This is a very good question. So we normally provide
1: the family chart, the blank family chart to our potential clients via email. And we ask that they return the family chart filled out to the best of their ability via email back to us. Of course, Mm -hmm. if they're unable to use their email or to scan the documents, they can always uh, FedEx the family chart to our office so they can print it out, manually fill it out, and then um, mail it back to our office. That's totally fine. And then um, when you talk about documents, that's a very interesting point because together with the family chart, it is always appreciated if the potential client can share with us again, via email or through the mail, uh, with uh, if they can share with us photocopies or scanned copies of any relevant documents that they may have at home, such as old birth certificates for their uh, parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, so whatever they have that they can provide with no need to go and acquire any documents, but whatever they have at home, that will help us do the research. So if they already have their father's birth certificate or mothers or grandparents or marriage record, naturalization records, they can provide us with photocopies or scanned copies via email or through the mail. That will help us a lot do the initial research to track down any missing information rather than just providing us with the information on the family chart. If if they can also share with us those documents that's much better
0: definitely makes sense Uh, especially um, I know like you were mentioning before when you go through this process that you do look through all of the fine details you go through with a fine-tooth comb to make sure that like if there's anything that can be there you leave no stone unturned but I do think this is actually maybe a great place to round out this episode so of course uh, if you are interested in any more information about any of the topics that we've discussed of course be sure to reach out to Marco and his team and also to check out earlier episodes of the Italian Citizenship Podcast where we go into a lot more detail to define some of the terminology that we use today. If you didn't understand what is Uri Sanguinis, what is the 1948 case, what is this or what is that, we go into all of these details, but if you do need that direct line of contact with Marco and his team, Marco, how can they get in contact with you and the rest of the team at ICA? People can contact us through our website, italiancitizenshipassistance.com
1: or give us a call, the number is on the website.
0: Absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you're interested in more content like this about Italian citizenship or even moving to Italy or getting Italian property, be sure that you are subscribed to this YouTube channel or to the audio-only podcast, but the audio-only podcast only gets you the citizenship-related content. The bonus to being subscribed to the YouTube channel, of course, is that you are also automatically subscribed to the Italian real estate podcast that Marco and I also collaborate on, and have a lot of fun talking about those other related subjects. But also, if you are interested in more about life abroad, living abroad, living in Italy, living abroad as an Italian dual citizen expat, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash raffaele or you can find the audio-only version on your favorite podcast player of choice through Not Your Average Globetrotter. Of course, thank you again to Marco for being here with us from italiancitizenshipassistance.com. I'm Rafael di Furia, and we will see you all next time thank later. you later thank you later.